you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasure at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. As we celebrate the second Sunday and Easter, may we feel the power of God flowing through each one of us. May we feel the love of God connecting us, those who worship at home and those who worship in person. And may we feel the love of community always surrounding us. We celebrate the work of God in this church by the celebrations and the the many things that are happening here to lift up a couple of the great things God is doing through our church. Um, we are invited to continue to share in community following worship and downstairs in the hall slash gym with another um, time of things to talk about during coffee time. Um, there'll be no coffee, but lots of friendship, lots of laughter and deep conversations. So please join us after worship for that. A reminder that our Count the Blessings fundraiser that we have been sharing um, through Lent, that we are asking people to please return um, your, your, if you're giving through that by April 30th, which is coming up real soon. A new, um, new event at Grace is um, our seniors, our, our um, senior support Minister Sally is leading a wellness challenge. So if you are interested in participating in a daily wellness check, um, the following activity is for you. Each day in the month of May, there will be a small thing to do for healthy living. Um, there are calendars at the back of the church, or it can be printed at home or read on a, a device. Um, to register, please contact Sally, and if you need her contact information, please contact the church office. 
A reminder that our that the Saugeen hike for hospice is coming up on Sunday, May 1st, and the information is in the bulletin. We celebrate these and all the wonderful things that God is doing in the life and work and worship of our church. And as we worship, we remember that we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabawaki nations that we are part of a shared history, a history that has included suffering, discrimination, and pain. We pray that God may ever lead us in the work of truth and reconciliation. And we light our Christ candle, remembering that we never walk the path of life alone, that the brightness of Christ shines in us and around us, and we light our candle of peace, praying for the people of Ukraine, praying that peace will come there and to all parts of the world that are touched by violence. Let us sing hymn number 175 in Voices United, the red hymn book, or on the screen. This is the day that God has made. It's only in the hymn, it's not on the screen, so you'll have to use your hymn book. Good thing we have those back in the pews. Um, 175, this is the day that God has made.
And it's amazing how you can have a, a, a large printed note for an announcement and you miss it. Um, a big thank you to all of you, to all of you who made donations of food, household goods, financial support, and shared in prayers for our local spring food drive. I don't have the number with me. Do you, um, no, we'll get it to you next week. We'll get it to you next week. It was lower than other years, but um, there was still great generosity, great love poured out, especially in a time where many are feeling um, increased need, um, both in our church and in our wider community. Um, so a big thank you to everyone who shared in that giving and in the prayers, um, and a thank you to our stewardship committee for once again leading us in that great work. Okay. It was 365.2 pounds of food and $50. 365.2 pounds of food and $50 in donations. So let's give each other a round of applause. And also, once again, we have our musical instruments at the front. If you would like to grab a drum or would like to grab a shaker, um, there's even a, a frog that sings there that you can play. Um, you're welcome to grab those. They'll be out each week. Um, they're only used once a week, so they are clean when you pick them up. Let us join in calling one another to worship. We are here today because the weeping Mary of Magdala once said, I have seen the Lord. We are here because Jesus still comes into our locked spaces and says, Peace be with you. Receive the Holy Spirit. We are here today like doubting Thomas who finally cried, My Lord and my God. We are here like Peter, tempted to forget the call of Jesus, I'm going fishing. We're here this morning because of Jesus who asks us, face to face. Do you truly love me? We gather here to worship timidly. Yes, Lord, you know that we love you. We are here as a congregation only because many faithful disciples have listened to Jesus' words. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Go and tell Jesus has been raised. We pray together. God of grace, known in Jesus Christ, enter into our locked away places, our hesitations and our fears. Draw us together as a community that we may proclaim your resurrection and the hope you give for all creation. Bless us and guide us, we pray. Amen. Today we also celebrate Camping Sunday, and a big thank you to Claire, who's not able to be with us today, Claire Olivero, for sharing her um, reflection on Camp and Camp Lorraine. Not Camp Lorraine, Silver Lake Camp. Camp Lorraine was up north. Silver Lake Camp. Hi, my name is Claire Olivero, and I go to Grace United Church. Um, I went to Silver Lake Camp and we need a new dining hall for the Silver Lake Camp. The old one is starting to wear out and with the new amount of people coming, there's not a lot of space. So 
we really need some donations for a new dining hall. It's going to have an underground space for storage and an outdoor space for outdoor dining. So you don't really have to worry if you want to send your child and they're not getting enough sunlight. I mean, they're already getting enough sunlight already. Like good old vitamin D. Anyways, um, I went to Silver Lake Camp and it was super fun. So we need more donations for the camp as well. It was super fun. There, there's a beach and you get to go swimming. You can go diving. You can go on a swamp walk. You can go canoeing. There's almost an infinite amount of things you can do. And at the end of the week or how long you're there, um, you can do a slip and slide. It's very fun and you, depending on what level you're in, you either get a cabin or a tent. Uh, in my experience, I had the cabins. And with the cabins, you are um, genderized. So like girls all in like one, two or three cabins, boys all in one, two or three cabins. And it's very nice. And you have leaders who are very kind and very willing to help you. The outdoor ones, the pickup zone, um, you see the dining hall and they'll be registering you there, like getting you in. And then you can, your child can go free. They can roam, it's four. Um, uh, you get two liters, two mini liters in every cabin. So there's always gonna be someone. You sleep on bunk beds, it's just super fun. And um, there's a playground, soccer field, and in the afternoons, or I think somewhere after breakfast, uh, we get a little time to relax. And then we'll have a snack and um have a stack and you can have a little candy uh i would always get sour skittles because i love sour skittles uh and then you get to relax go chill in the cabin have fun with your friends uh for the top bunk there's like two people on each bunk so i had a friend that i really enjoyed there and we would get up on one of our bunks and we would play rock paper scissors while we waited for the other person to get up I was I was always the earliest one up. I, I'm an early I'm an early bird, um, but um, it was very fun, and I'd be really sad if that went away. And in the afternoon, it's a it's a Christian based, it's like a church based camp. So in the afternoons or somewhere before bed, we get in our PJs and go outside and. Um, listen to the leaders, one of the leaders, read a Bible story. It was very fun and I really enjoyed sitting outside. I love the outdoors um, and we just absolutely loved it. Uh, you had groups, mixed groups, both girls and boys and um, there's a little fun secret for every gender. I'm not going to tell you that because it's a secret and you got to go to find out. It's very fun though, I will say that. Um, but uh, it's like a little party. And anyways, it was super fun and I just really, really enjoyed going there. So could you please donate? And um, it'd be really awesome if you had a new dining hall because the one right now is starting to wear off. And oh my goodness, I have so many good memories of that dining hall. 
um, we would have chocolate chip pancakes and there's ones without chocolate chips and ones that were lactose free and gluten free but I love that so much and I'd be really sad if it shut down so I am one of the many many campers who have gone and I'm pretty sure they'll all tell you that they had a pretty awesome experience. Everybody there is just so, so nice. I really enjoyed it. And it was a fun little getaway from like a town or a city because it's way off. So it's kind of in this secluded area. And it was very nice. And, but in your cabin, you've got like this they're not very big and you've got this like one tiny light bulb to light up the whole thing and what my leader did I'm not sure if the others did but she brought a ton of like doctor's juice books and she would read us those before bed and it was pretty awesome and we slept and I just overall I really enjoyed going there so good please donate that'd be awesome everybody would be so grateful and uh, yeah, uh, thank you, bye. And we give thanks to God for the wonderful ministry of United Church Camps, like Silver Lake Camps, and for um, Claire's sharing of her experience. So Adam, please give Claire a big thank you on behalf of all of us. Let's hear how God is working through our stories for mission and then our scripture reading. Camp is more than a holiday. It transformed Kathleen's life as a teacher, as a mother, and as a Christian. The churches that I went to, it was very formal. I always felt like, you know, I had to be perfect all the time. but. Rideau Hill Camp was an amazing experience where I learned that I could just be who I am and um, I could relax and really dive into my relationship with God. So I'm a teacher now in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut as a special education teacher. And then the other part of my life is being a mom of three kids all under the age of five. And then on top of that, I also I'm involved with our church um, young adults at the camp, it gave me time and space to reflect and to listen so that I could see where does God want me to go next. The chaplains were really good at going to where you're at and seeing and exploring, okay, well, what gifts did God give you and connecting it to nature. My relationship with God expanded so much, I just grew so much, and all those Things that I learned from the camp, I now apply to my everyday world, including motherhood. <laughs> For me, you know, children are so precious, you know, and we're there to help them and to guide them and, and to remind my own children that God is with you, even during the hardest times. Your mission and service gifts support more than 25 camps across the country. Approximately 25,000 children attend a United Church camp every year. I just want to say a huge thank you to MNS. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for their support. Thank you.
chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. The road to Emmaus. On the same day, two of Jesus' followers were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. As they talked and discussed, Jesus himself drew near and walked along with them. They saw him, but somehow they did not recognize him. Jesus said to them, what are you talking about to each other as you walk along? They stood still with sad faces. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have been happening there these last few days? Jesus said, what things? The things that happened to Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. This man was a prophet and was considered by God and by all the people to be powerful in everything he said and did. Our chief priests and rulers handed him over to sentence to death, and he was crucified. And we had hoped that he would be the one who was going to set Israel free. Besides all that, this is now the third day since it happened. Some of the women of our group surprised us. They went at dawn to the tomb, but they could not find his body. They came back saying they had seen a vision of angels who told them that he is alive. Some of our group went to the tomb and found it exactly as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, how foolish you are, how slow you are to believe everything the prophets said. Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and then to enter his glory? And Jesus explained to them what was said about himself in all the scriptures, beginning with the books of Moses and the writings of all the prophets. As they came near the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further, but they held him back saying, stay with us. The day's almost over and it's getting dark. So he went in to stay with them, took the bread and said the blessing. Then he broke the bread and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, wasn't it like a fire burning in us when he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? The group got up at once and went to back to Jerusalem where they found the, seven, found the 11 disciples gathered together with the others and saying, the Lord is risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. The two then explained to them what had happened on the road and how they had recognized the Lord when he broke the bread. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God.
thank you to our, our choir members. I know many are, are missing having our choir here, and, and we are looking at a way to pre-record the choir and the sanctuary spread out, and hopefully the next month or so we'll have that. And, um, but many thanks to our choir members. We hold them all in our prayers as they wait for the day that they can come together again. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was, walking, was talking to us on the road, while he was opening scripture to us? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed and inspired and guided by God. Amen. It stood there like a beacon welcoming us. We're almost there, my sister or I would call out as we approached the Schneider's meat sign just off Highway 401 in Guelph. How many of you have ever seen the Schneider's meat sign? It's been there. Well, I can't remember a time and it wasn't there. I don't know how long it is, but it's been there. Lit up at night, a blinking clock telling you what time it was. And for my family, when we drove down as kids from our home in Dorset, down to see our family, my family, extended family in Cambridge, we knew when we hit that sign that it was only about 15 more minutes of that four-hour drive left. That sign was our welcome our beacon, our sign, symbol, you're almost there. You're almost with family. You're almost at your grandparents' place. That sign was a beacon welcoming us to the time we would share with family. And every time I see that sign now, I remember the joy my sister and I felt. There is no brightly lit sign on the road that the disciples are walking, and there is no joy and excitement filling them. Together they walk away from Jerusalem. They walk away from the life they have known. And that is when a stranger appears, a stranger inserting himself into their lives, into their conversation. What are you talking about? The stranger asks as he catches up to them. Are you serious? Cleopas responds as he stops, turns to the stranger. You are also walking away from Jerusalem and you don't know what has happened? Tell me about it. The stranger says as they begin to walk together. The two disciples share their story. And the gospel writer says they look sad. Their story is filled with deep pain, anger, fear, disappointment, and a sense of utter hopelessness. They tell the stranger of hearing Jesus teach, of feeling the burning in the deepest parts of them, and following him, becoming his disciples. They tell the story of their triumphant entry into Jerusalem and then the betrayal and then the 
their abandonment, and then the crucifixion, and then the burial, and then the hopelessness. They tell of the madness of that very same morning, of the women telling them that Jesus' tomb had been empty and that they had seen two angels who said that Jesus had been raised. They tell them about how they are fleeing Jerusalem, how they are walking away from the other disciples, how they are walking away from their own discipleship, walking away, hopefully, from the pain and confusion, walking, running away from it all. These two disciples are hurting. They are in need of healing. They don't know what else to do, so they are leaving. The stranger listens. Today we hear the second part of Luke's Easter Sunday story, a continuation from the gospel reading we heard last week. In Luke, this is the story of Jesus' first appearance, his first appearance after the resurrection. It's a story that begins not with a celebration, but with an all-consuming grief. The two disciples need to encounter the resurrection. They need to find healing and renewed hope. We are in the season of Easter, the big season of our church life. Easter is deep, a deeply holy season in our church. It is a time of joy, of hope, of new life, of celebration. It's a time to reflect on the power of God's love shown through Jesus Christ in the resurrection. However, however we can find ourselves in the place of the two disciples, and Easter can seem wanting and lacking. Maybe that's something we know all too well living through this pandemic. As we walk the road to Emmaus with the two disciples, we are invited to ask ourselves, where do we need to experience resurrection? Maybe we are grieving, grieving the loss of a loved one, an important piece of our identity, a dream that never came true, the loss of ability. Maybe we are recovering from something, or struggling with something, or searching for something. And this moment is difficult and it's filled with longing. So many of us are left hoping, waiting for this pandemic to come to a full end. Watching as family and friends are getting sick with COVID-19, praying that they recover quickly. Or maybe you've been recently sick, or maybe you're at home sick right now. Is there an aspect of your life that needs deep and sustaining healing? Do you ever find yourself on an Emmaus road filled with hurting, wanting healing, but not knowing what to do? Where do you need to experience? Where do we need to experience resurrection? The stranger walks with the disciples. Hearing their story, he invites them to see it again, to see their story in a different way. By retelling their story through the story of God's love found throughout Scripture, the stranger reminds them that there is hope 
hope that surpasses fear, joy that will overcome sadness, strength beyond grief, strength beyond struggle and love that always sustains. The Gospel of Luke says that when the stranger who we know is Jesus retells their story, the two disciples feel a burning in their heart. The heart is an ancient metaphor for the deepest part of one's being, the place that includes and is deeper than intellect and sight, the place of transformation. As the stranger speaks, the disciples are filled with God's presence. Jesus meets them where they are, journeys with them, and points them towards the promise of resurrection. And when night comes, the disciples share in that ancient and sacred act of hospitality. They welcome the stranger to stay with them. And when the stranger breaks the bread, they realize that they have encountered the risen Christ. When they go to look for him, they find out that he is gone. That moment is over and they are alone again. They're alone again, but they are not the same. They find healing and the renewal of life. They remember their place within God's sacred love story that stretches throughout the stories of their faith, throughout their life. They turn around and they remember their call to follow the path of Christ, to continue to embody and live the good news. They go back to the other disciples in order to continue Jesus's ministry. Resurrection is happening. So often like these two disciples, we do not know that we have experienced Christ until after the moment of healing. Christ appears to us in so many different ways. In a friend who supports us. In a community of faith who nurtures us the counselor who offers us healing, the support group that helps us know that we are never alone, the one who loves us and accepts us for who we truly are. The risen Christ comes to us continually revealing God's love and pouring, uh, pointing us towards the promise of resurrection. Minister and church developer Paul Nixon says that when we experience Christ, we become apostles. Whether our experience is a mystical experience like that of Paul in the book of Acts or, an experiencing, or experiencing Christ in the kindness of someone else, our lives are transformed by these experiences. And we go into the world with a new, a renewed hope. Easter invites us Easter is our calling to become and to continue to be apostles, apostles of the resurrected Christ. Encountering the resurrected one in many ways, we become bearers of the good news. We become the ones in whom Christ is revealed to others. Or as Paul would later say, we are all part of the body of Christ.
In this way, the power of God's love is shown. The promise of Easter becomes embodied in us in community as healing is shared and the renewal of life takes place. There may not have been a big light up, lit up sign welcoming and sparking joy in the disciples as they walked the road to Emmaus. Yet in the midst of all that the disciples were experiencing, there was the risen Christ, even when they didn't recognize him. And there was the promise told throughout the generations of God's deep and abiding love. As a church, as a community, as disciples and apostles, we are called to be that road sign that sparks holy joy, the place of compassion and companionship, the community that embodies God's love and in turn brings the healing promise of Easter and resurrection to life. We're called to share the good news. So friends, come, let us walk with Jesus and with one another, for we are a part of the amazing things that God is doing in this world. We are part of that continued unfolding of the sacred story of God's great love and healing. Hallelujah, Christ is risen, amen. And let us sing Faith of Our Fathers, number 580, on the screen or in the red hymn book.
And on this Camping Sunday, we have heard the stories of how camps are a place of joy, companionship, compassion, and faith. And it was kind of neat hearing Claire, a, a current camper, and then hearing the story of one who has lived through camping, um, through going to United Church camps, and had their life forever shaped by that experience. As a church, as a community of faith, we too are a place of joy, compassion, and faith. We're a place that brings life and meaning to those who share in this place and through the ministry we provide in the community. And we celebrate all of the gifts and we share our gifts of time, talent, food, relationship, prayer, and money that is poured out in this place, asking God to bless it. So I invite you to join with me in our prayer, our offertory prayer, found in the bulletin on the screen. You, O oh God, are the Easter one. You are the holy source of resurrection. You are the dancing spirit of life. We offer these gifts in gratitude for hope returned, for the mystery of your grace, and for the promise of resurrection. Amen. <clears throat> And we offer our prayers to God, pouring out our love, our compassion, and pouring out our needs. Oh, holy God, you come to us in unexpected places, in a crowded room, in a journey on a dusty road, in conversations and in stillness. You come in the midst of our doubts, our fears, our sorrows. You come in the power of the resurrection. No pain and suffering is unknown to you. You bring us peace, O Holy One. And we pray for the places where there is no peace, countries torn by war, refugees seeking safe places, we remember especially the people of Ukraine, those who have stayed and those who have fled. We pray for all who bring violence upon others, that they may experience a turning, they may experience your path to reconciliation and a way of peace. You bring peace, Holy One, peace to the tensions and conflicts within us, to the, regret, the regrets, the failures, the broken relationships, the lost friendships. You bring us peace, Holy One, for you are a friend to us. When we are alone, when we are lonely, unseen, you are there. You bring us peace, and we pray too that we too may become peacemakers in our lives, our homes, our communities, and in this world. You bring us peace, O Holy One. And so we pray for our communities and for people, the people we love, for those who are facing medical decisions and diagnosis, for those who are mourning the loss of a loved one, for those who are hungering for food and for justice, for those who are wrestling with big decisions of life, and those experiencing transition, for those who are wondering how ends will ever meet, for those who are in need of your love 
and care and mercy. And from our Western Ontario Waterways Regional Council prayer cycle, we join with communities of faith throughout our region praying for Egmondville pastoral charge. And with our ecumenical kin through the World Council of Churches, we pray for the people of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia. And we offer our individual prayers to you now in silence. And with the rise of the avian, the bird flu around our area, we pray for all who are involved with, we are all involved in the poultry industry. Holy God, hear our prayers. We pour out these prayers with the prayers of all creation, trusting in your great love and open to the ways in which we can embody your hope your healing, your peace. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And let us sing, good Christians, all rejoice and sing.
friends, as we move into this week, wherever our days may take us, may we know that we never walk alone, that God is with us, guiding us, inspiring us, and healing us. And may everyone we meet see the face of Christ in us, and may we see the face of Christ in everyone we I said that wrong. <laughs> may we see the face of Christ in everyone we meet, and may everyone we meet see the face of Christ in us. Let us go in love and peace and with God. Amen.
if he goes to 